to Around the Homestead podcast, where we share information on topics from gardens to goats. Our aim is to provide small farmers and landowners valuable education on projects that may arise around the homestead. Whether you have been on the homestead all your life or you have just began the farm lifestyle, we hope you garner helpful tips to make your rural lifestyle most rewarding. Now here are our hosts, Brad McGinley and Sean Rhodes. Well, hello and welcome to the Around the Homestead podcast. This is uh, County Extension Agent Brad McGinley here in Grant County, Arkansas, joining you today on this cool, cloudy March afternoon. My normal uh, podcast partner, Mr. Sean Rhodes over in Scott County, couldn't join us today. He's out helping the landowners and farmers in Scott County. just wanted to give you this note about today's podcast before we get started with our discussion with Dr. Dustin Clark, Extension Poultry Health, Health Veterinarian for the University of Arkansas. Wanted to give you this note. Uh, after we recorded this uh, podcast with Dr. Clark, the Arkansas Livestock and Poultry Commission did issue an emergency ruling regarding avian influenza. Uh, this, this ruling does affect the exhibition of poultry and domestic waterfowl in Arkansas, which prohibits that until the middle of uh, July. I believe. Uh, Also, it also affects the sale, trade, uh, and auction of poultry and domestic water sow, except except for chicks and ducklings. Uh, Also, it also affects uh, all free range and backyard poultry must be confined under roof and inside structures uh, to prevent contamination from affected migratory birds flying overhead. So to find more information, I would refer you to the Arkansas Livestock and Poultry Commission about this emergency ruling uh, to find, uh, refer to their website for more information. In the meantime, uh, we're going to chat with Dr. Dustin Clark today about uh, this issue, avian influenza, and how we can protect our birds here in Arkansas. We have a special guest with us today here on the Around the Homestead podcast. We've got Dr. Dustin Clark, who's Extension Poultry Health Veterinarian uh, for the University of Arkansas with us today to discuss uh, the current situation with uh, avian flu or bird flu outbreak. Uh, We appreciate you joining us today, Dr. Clark. Thank you for inviting me, Brad. All right. Well, we've got the reason we've had Dr. Clark here with us today is uh, we we have a little situation that we want to make sure that our backyard hobby flock owners are well uh, are aware of. Uh, we've got a little outbreak of avian or bird flu going on, and we've got Dr. Clark here to update us on that. And I guess the first question for me, Dr. Clark, if you could tell um, a lot of our backyard hobby flock. Uh, owners is why is this important to them and and what's what's going on with this well there's two reasons that this is important um one is with the high path avian influenza which is h5n1 high path means that we have you know a lot of mortality with it and that's what we're seeing in the flocks that have broken with it it runs anywhere between 95 to 100 percent mortality now it's important because this disease not only does it kill birds, but once a flock is infected, that premises has to be quarantined. And then there has to be surveillance efforts around that quarantine zone. And that quarantine zone goes out 10 kilometers. And there are numerous trade implications that can be because of that. And, and those trade imp- implications can be because of backyard hobby flocks or, or because of commercial industry. Now, the way this was detected is we do have a, a wild bird or wild migratory bird surveillance program that's carried out. And so far, the disease has been detected in wild birds in 24 states. 
and that's quite a few. It is all across all of the flyways. It's an Atlantic flyway, the Mississippi Central flyway, and in the Pacific flyway where it was detected in an eagle. Now, some of these wild birds were uh, detected on hunter harvest because the reservoir for H5, well, for any avian influenza, the reservoir is shorebirds and migratory waterfowl. So some of these were hunter harvested uh, testings um, basically from wild ducks. But we have had some birds showing clinical signs in some of these wild birds. And those have been tested and, and sure enough, we've got, it, we've got it affecting wild birds as well as domestic poultry. Now we've uh, seen it so in backyard flocks. Yeah, all those hunter harvested birds. Mm -hmm. What do they? What what caused those hunters to to? Or that is that just regulatory regular surveillance of that? Or what caused that? You know, what made them get their those tested? Or That's just regular surveillance. I see. And, and what you know, this is conducted by quite a few regulatory agencies underneath uh, the USDA. They're working with this, and they just basically take those samples. I and that see. does give us an idea of what's going on out in the, in the migratory birds. Now, this was first detected in Canada, and that was about the middle to late December of last year. Then we've had detections in the United States. Like I say, it's now up to over 385 positives, and that's across 24 states. Wow. In addition to that, we have seen it in uh, 17 states in both backyard and commercial flocks. And, and that's quite a few states. In fact, there have been 16 backyard flocks total that have been confirmed positive for the H5N1 and 19 commercial flocks and then one captive wild bird flock. Now this is kind of similar, but sort of like a cousin to the virus that we had in 2015. And in that one, there were very few backyard hobby flocks that experienced the problem, something like about 20 or so numerous commercial flocks. This one's about 50-50. Some of the big commercial flocks are about 3 million birds. These are in cage layers. Some of the smaller flocks, the backyard flocks, just a few birds. But some of those are even quite large with, with a couple of hundred birds or so. Hmm, wow. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the signs and symptoms. So if we've got a backyard hobby flock and we think some of our birds are sick, what should we be looking for? Well, one of the hallmark signs of high path avian influenza is high mortality. So just sudden death in the birds. Now, some of the signs that you can see, and the incubation period on this disease seems to be somewhere between about two to three days on out to about 14 days. You can see a sinusitis, you know, runny nose, basically. The bird's just not going to feel good. It's going to stay by itself. Maybe some incoordination. Of course, swelling of the head and the face and the waddles. Uh, discoloration of the comb, and then hemorrhages on the legs. Now, internally, this disease is causing, you know, lots of hemorrhage in the internal organs. Now, a bird that's staying by itself, that's acting like it's not feeling good, lack of energy, it's not one to eat or drink, maybe there's a decrease in production. There are other diseases that could fit that, like um, Newcastle disease and foul cholera. So there's a couple of others. So it's very, very important that anyone that sees a bird that's just not doing right, that they call and get some help. And they can call, they can call you, they can call the county agents, they can call me, they can call the state veterinarian, they can call their local veterinarian. And then there's a USDA number that they can find online with USDA, just type in USDA avian influenza. It's part of the Defend the Flock campaign. And they can call that 1-800 number. Now, 
what will happen is, like, for example, they call me the state veterinarian or even our area uh, epidemiologist for USDA. We'll get in touch to get somebody out there to test that bird. And that'd be the same thing if they found like a dead bird. So, so let's say they do find, they go out and find one of their chickens dead. Best thing to do, put on some gloves, like some latex or nitrile or vinyl gloves, take a plastic bag, put that bird in a plastic bag. I'd put it in a box, put it in the shade, put some ice in the box and call. And let's get some help out there so we can test and see if that bird does have avian influenza. Now I wanna stress that so far of the 17 states that have had birds break, both in backyard hobby flocks and commercial flocks. Arkansas is currently not one of those states. We have no detection of the high path avian influenza H5N1 in the state of Arkansas, either in wild birds or in poultry. So, so far we, we haven't had any problems. That's good. And that's why we're trying to stress that the best thing you can do is practice biosecurity to prevent it. If you've got a hobby flock of birds, if you let those birds out to roam around, please, the best thing you can do would be pin those birds up for at least the next 30 days. Wild waterfowl carry this disease, as do some of the shorebirds. And we do not want that, you know, if the wild birds are coming through there, we don't want any contact between those ducks and geese and your sure. birds. Mm-hmm. And that can be going down to the pond or if they just fly through and you never know. And with that said, if you as a small flock owner, if you go to a park or somewhere where there's waterfowl, you know, and you're there to feed the ducks, which a lot of people do, and, and that's that's a lot of fun sometimes, please be sure that you do not go visit your poultry until you clean and disinfect your shoes, change clothes, shower, you know, sanitize your hands, because we don't want you to inadvertently track in any fecal material from those waterfowl that could be carrying that organism. It's been estimated that one gram of feces on your shoes contains possibly up to a million virus particles. Wow. So want to use care for that. And that's why we're asking that, that you pin your birds up and then just, you know, check your birds. You as a flock owner, you're going to know if something's wrong. If they decrease in egg production, one of the things that's been seen a lot in these birds is that they don't drink water one to two days. They, their water consumption goes down right before they start showing signs. And so far in every backyard flock that's broken, they have found some contact on epidemiological traceback with wild waterfowl. So it's very important that you keep your birds away from those wild waterfowl. If you see something that just doesn't look right, all those signs we talk about, decreased egg production, no appetite, uh, not drinking any water, just kind of feeling bad. You know, as veterinarians, we call it ADR, ain't doing right. And you yeah. as the owner of those birds, you're probably going to be checking those birds a couple of times a day. If you see a bird that just ain't doing right, give us a call. Let's get you some help out there. Yeah, that's language yeah. we can understand. We can understand just ain't doing right, I think. <laughs> and, and with that said, you know, you know, think about this. If you're going to go out and, and look at birds somewhere, like at a flea market or an auction or a sale, eh, you want to you check those birds out yourself, make sure they're not sick and you might want to think about just waiting a while. Now, some states, uh, the one that comes to mind is Missouri. They've had some breaks there. They have instituted a ban on waterfowl sales and auctions and, egg- and exhibits. We're probably going to see that as this disease continues to spread. 
we will probably see some of those bans put in place in other states as well. Yeah. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, and just, uh, you know, go, anything you can do, you know, keep your shoes clean. You know, if you handle birds, sanit wash and sanitize your hands, clean and disinfect around there, which brings up a point. One of the easiest disinfectants that you can use as a backyard hobby flock owner, and you can make this in something you spray on your boots, is you can just use bleach, one part bleach mixed with three parts water. And that works really pretty good. Now that, that's going to, you don't want to spray it on your clothes because yeah. it will bleach your clothes. I think I have some clothes that look like that already that have come out of the washing machine like that before. Yeah, you don't want to thin out your blue jeans by putting, <laughs> putting holes in with that stuff. And, you know, it can be kind of corrosive, so be careful with it. Yeah. But just uh, one of the things we're asking, and we've asked the county agents in Oklahoma and Missouri and Arkansas, all of y'all, to you're going to be there to help these individuals. Sure. The individual owner of those birds, they're the guardians of their flock. They're the first line of defense. They may be calling you, and then y'all can call us And because we really want to try to keep this disease out of the state. It, it creates problems if a premise is diagnosed with the disease in the birds. They do issue a quarantine. There's a zone of surveillance drawn around it that's 10 kilometers. Every bird inside that zone, as far as small flocks and commercial birds, they go to all those premises and test the birds and then yeah. there'll be a retest in there and there's rules and regulations that have to be followed. So, yeah, it, I know Sean and I was, Sean was, we're having a discussion about that uh, last week about, you know, uh, the last time we had this happen in Arkansas and he was involved in the testing and stuff in his County. And he was telling me how important it is that if, you know, if that does happen, that you do allow, you know, testing to take place on your, your premise, you know, Absolutely. be cooperative with them if, if, if they come to test your birds. And it's one of those things that, you know, fortunately in many of these instances, depending on the number of birds that and the flocks that are there, but usually it's a fairly large number inside that surveillance zone. Sure. That are negative. Now, if another positive flock is found, then they draw another 10 kilometer circle around that and go from there. But it is, it's a highly contagious disease. It is caused by a virus. This one happens to be the Eurasian strain of the H5N1. Uh, the mortality on it, we call it high path because it is very pathogenic. We see there's been reports of 60, 70 on up 90%, almost 100%. Some of these birds, they they go out and look at them. They look pretty good. And a few hours later, they look like they really don't feel good. And then they start dying. Yeah. It is very important that if you have, if you see something, give us a call, get some help in there. Yeah. So uh, you were saying about if they do have a bird die about what to do about putting in the cooler and stuff. So how, how soon, how long is that sample good before we can get it to somebody? You know, how long, how long do we have before we get that sample to the lab or something? Well, you want to get it. What they'll do is if you call, they'll get a livestock inspector out there or yeah. a, one of the USDA people, just as fast as they can get there, icing that bird down is going to make it keep a lot better. Mm -hmm. And they'll still be able to sample it. Usually within, uh, you know, 24 hours, they should sure. be able to get a sample on it. Okay. Keeping it cool. Now, when they sample, if you are inside a surveillance zone, they're going to sample a bird by taking an oral pharyngeal swab. Okay. So it's not like they're going to have to kill the bird. Sure. They, yeah. they will test that bird that's live. And then I know the last outbreak we had in about, 10 days, two weeks, they come back and retest them. And it'll just depend on what the rules are now, as far as determined by the 
uh, all the regulatory officials how they'll do that. But it is important that uh, you watch your birds, you see something, you know, don't go around waterfowl. And, and if you do, by all means, don't go visit your birds until you clean up and sanitize. That's, that's very important. Now, I know you have a webinar coming up, uh, I think March 31st, 6 p.m., yes. uh, where, where people can join and, and at, probably even ask you some questions if they Absolutely. have questions. I would strongly recommend and encourage you to join. In fact, we have one webinar coming up tomorrow, and then we'll have the additional one coming up on the 31st. The one tomorrow is in the morning at 9 o'clock. The one on the 31st is at 6 p.m. Probably a lot more convenient for most people to be at 6 p.m. Uh, we will probably have some others, but we just try to get these pushed out fairly quickly on that. Uh, we'll try to answer questions on it, go over a little bit about the disease and kind of fill everybody in on where it's at and what's going on with it. And then go over some of those biosecurity principles again, try to reinforce that. So any and all are welcome to attend. Sure. Yeah. And we have a ton of information on our website. I know Dr. Clark and I were, were chatting before we started our podcast. He's got a a webpage dedicated specifically to this. You can find that at uaex.uada.edu. And that's our homepage. And it's it's front and center right there. When you go to the homepage, there's the avian flu uh, page link there, and it'll take you right to that page. And it's a ton of information right there. So make use of that. Um, I'll, I will post a link to that on our webpage with this podcast so you can get to that easily um, and please do reach out to your local county extension agent if you don't know your local county extension agent i encourage you to do that you can also find that information on our website as well join dr clark on the on the upcoming webinar march 31st at 6 p.m um, you can join him then so there's a ton of information a ton of ways to get connected um, just bottom line is make sure you're taking care of your birds washing your birds and just you know, Dr. Clark, just use some good common sense about biosecurity practices. Absolutely. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah, there's nothing rocket science here. We're just trying to make sure we protect our poultry industry because we have uh, a fairly large, not only, you know, backyard hobby flock owners, you know, probably don't realize, but, you know, we have a, you know, Arkansas is one of the leading poultry producing states in the nation, and it could have a, a really, really bad ramifications for our, our commercial growers. Absolutely. It'd be, it would be a tremendous impact, not just to them, but to the entire economy of the state. You know, almost 1 billion broilers are raised and then mm. about 30 million turkeys. And I can't remember how many eggs for the table egg industry, but it, we're way up there. We're in the top 10 as well on that. So it is a big, big, significant part of the state's economy. Sure, sure. All right. Well, that's going to do us for uh, this episode of Around the Homestead podcast. Again, Dr. Clark, we appreciate you taking your time to join us. I thank uh, you. We always you like much. having you. You're so knowledgeable about everything. We're going to, I, I, I promise I'm not going to try to trade you out for Sean as my <laughs> normal co-host, but uh, we like having you on the show. I'm sure he'll be glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, we'll see you. Uh, again, go to our website, uaex.uada.edu, to find more information about avian flu. And until next time, we'll see you around the farm. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Around the Homestead podcast. 
To learn more about today's topic, be sure to visit our website at uaex.uada.edu. Be sure to join us next time on Around the Homestead Podcast.